Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? I'm missing my past Giancarlo. Ouch. <laughs> they, they can't all be winners, guys. They TJ Barry and I am Titanium. Um, yeah, I thought knowing the name of the game might Get help, it, but it really doesn't. Is, um, my main character's name is Aloy, which is like Alloy. I, I'll stick with Amanda. It's fine. Hi, I'm uh, Amanda Facosta. Hi, I'm Nick Palazzo. I'm Horizon number one, Don, because I ain't no zero. I'll be zero. I'll be zero. <laughs> I'm Horizon Forbidden West. Y'all ain't seen me yet. <gasps> and this week, if you just can't hear us. I'm Dawn. Hey, there we go. We're, <laughs> we're reviewing Horizon Zero Dawn. I, that's it, right? Yep, you got it. Okay. Yeah. That we doesn't are. sound like a real name. It's so good. Amanda, Amanda you should play it. Amanda, you have what? played this game. What are you talking about? You and I both played it for the first time together at our friend Easton's house for like 10 minutes. Ooh. I don't remember that at all. Ages ago. Anyways, for those of you who may not be aware, such as Amanda, <laughs> this is a like a, a pretty standard like open world like action rpg game uh it's one of the sony exclusives well now it's on pc but it was one of the like big popular ps4 exclusives uh back when that first came out which i realize now is like a thousand years ago um but essentially you play as aloy you are in this post-apocalyptic setting but it's like post post post-apocalypse like there's no memory of the old world. It is just like new tribal civilizations starting to advance in their own right uh, in like the ruins of the world. So a big part of the game is discovering kind of the mystery of what happened and where you are and all of that. And so a big part of it also is that there's the natural stuff, but then there's also this like ultra advanced technology, which takes the main threat of the game basically um, in that there are these robot creatures. So this is probably very affectionately referred to by many as the robot dinosaur hunting game. Um, because a lot of the creatures look like dinosaurs. You got, like, your T-Rex, your pterodactyls, your whatever. All in these, like, really cool mechanical robot forms. Um, but yeah, the, the main thread of the game is both finding Aloy's, like, journey and, and all of that. But also discovering bits about the past and where the world is going as a future. So... Um, for context, I played it on PS4. This was one of the games I bought my PS4 for, um, I guess, like a year and a half ago now. It was, uh, it gets bundled in quite often, and so this, God of War, Last of Us, these are some of, I think, the, like, must-plays of that generation. I'd say this one's probably a little closer to the bottom of the list, but, um, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, yeah, I played that there. And I also got a little taste of it trying to hide in some grass from a T-Rex many, many years ago. Um, Amanda, I hope you can jog that memory, but... I really can't, man. I have to, like... I'm, like, trying to Google pictures. And you don't remember the like, robot dinos, Amanda? I Come on. Don't. We played this, and we played a little bit of Resident Evil 7, which we're reviewing next week. So, I find that Look very that. funny. Anyways, 
but yeah, I played it to completion. Um, the only things I'm missing are a few of the like bonus objectives, like basically going through the trials to get like the high scores and like one or two of the very high corruption zones that I just haven't gotten around to. But other than that, I've done everything, including DLC. So, uh, I also played the game on the PS4, completed the full main story. When I got this, it was a year after it came out. It was like 20 bucks for the complete edition, so I mm-hmm. also got the DLC. Started it, but never finished it, unfortunately, but the main game I did. Uh, this came out in 2017, right? Really? I no. I think I, so. Really? Think it, it was did, a yeah. year where like every single game was a banger. Like that crazy. No, this came out well year. before that. Before this 2017? Came out in 2017. What? Woo-hoo! Yep. Yeah, no, because that was the year of Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. February think, 2017. PUBG as well. Like, every game was wonderful that year. <laughs> That's how I remember this one. My perception of time is so skewed because, to me, 2017 yep. is, like, not that long ago. I was like, no, this was 2014. This was, like, a PS4 launch title. I guess not. No. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Boom, bam. Unfortunately, the PS4 didn't have any launch titles this good. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, and I believe TJ is playing it right now. Oh, yeah. This is my first time playing it. I'm currently playing it. I got it for free from PSN, so go cop that. Yeah, so that's kind of what inspired us to do this episode this week. Um, Palazzo and I had played it before. I, TJ was interested in hopping on. And right now, at the time of release, this is free on PSN. So if you don't have the game, I mean, even if you're not going to play it, go get Like, I lock down free games all like Epic game store i hate the company but i download all the free games right (laughs) because why wouldn't you um but now hopefully this episode will let you know if it's worth your time as well so um where do we want to start or tj uh just for context i believe you're very very early in right yeah i'm like like i'm past the tutorial but i'm not very far into the game but i think i'm far enough where i can tell Great. So TJ is your assurance that there will be no spoilers because we cannot spoil the game yeah, for him. Yeah, I'll kill them. <laughs> um, there's a lot of places we could start with this game. I kind of feel like we should start with story. You want to? Sure. Because I feel like it has a compelling narrative, but it is like it is one of the weaker ones when it comes to like the Sony like heavy narrative yeah. games. Either that or like world and art design. Could be a I, good place. Yeah, I, I think they kind of blend into each other. So they let, do, let's, yeah. uh, let's open with um, World and kind of discuss the setup for that a bit. And okay. I, I guess we'll flip-flop between them a, a smidge. But um, how do you guys like the the world here? So this is this kind of moves away from like the browns and dark greens of something like a Fallout and moves into like the very verdant greens and pinks of something like a, uh, don't hate me for the example, but Far Cry, uh, what is it, N- New Dawn? Oh, yes. Or yeah. was it Primal? No, no, no. Um, uh, The one after five. I guess that, it would like, be New Dawn. I never played yeah. it, but yeah. I never played it either, but the palette is like decidedly pink and purple and like... So this is, while it is post-apocalyptic and there certainly are some, like, eerie settings, I think it it really just embraces the joy of, like, rebirth and kind of life. And that is something that is very central to the game. Um, I think the game is beautiful. Um, Oh, yeah, definitely. The the version I got, it came with the download code for, like, the complete edition, like Palazzo was saying. So that includes a download for, like, it's basically a digital art book of, like, all the concept art and all of this and a theme. And um, 
I still have that theme activated. I hate the music because it's a little too much for me, but uh, I just think the game is so pretty. I, I really, really love the world. What do you guys think of like the art design? I, I Yeah, I think it's gorgeous. I think the devs use the term post-post-apocalypse. Yeah, um, yeah. You could see all like the greenery and things growing back into the world out of like dilapidated buildings and towers and stuff. Um, it's really neat. Unfortunately, like Ghost of Tsushima, for me, when I bought this game, the water looked kind of shitty, but um, maybe they've patched that since then. That's the only hmm. thing. Otherwise, like all the greenery and everything and, um, the, you know, the design of the wildlife, like all of that stuff is super, uh, super cool. It's not actually wildlife for people that are listening to this. I put up big quotation marks, but yeah. the design of the machinery, essentially. I mean, there's wildlife well in it, done. too. There's like foxes Little bit. and boars and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really, really beautiful looking. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. game looks great, especially and for like a 2017 game. Yeah, it's so oh, yeah. funny to hear 2017 like it's old, and I'm like, yeah, I guess this game is literally like what four years old now. Four years old. Yeah. So wow. Crazy. But yeah, and I I also just want to touch on like in terms of environments. Um, I think one of the complaints I don't even see it as a complaint too much, but I know some people got tired for example in that new far cry game i heard that like it was just very samey even though it was vibrant uh one of the things that this game does really well as well is uh diversity of environment in terms of like the the map is big um and there are a ton of different areas right so there's kind of like the more dangerous drabber areas a lot of times you'll be delving into like what are essentially underground like the remnants of facilities and so those have that very like classic uh abandoned uh, warehouse kind of drab feel there's especially the dlc takes you to the frozen wilds and so that has that nice icy like setting i really think there was a lot and the game kind of takes you back and forth all around the map even though it is open world in a way that to me felt satisfying. I never got bored of the environment. I was always exploring whether it was the desert or the tundra or whatever. There was always something new to see for the duration of the of at least a single playthrough. Yeah. That, to me, was very enjoyable. The blend of those two worlds, it was really cool. Going through different biomes and different environments that are actually like out in the wilds. Mm-hmm. Give a very Breath of the Wild feel almost. Yeah. But then also going back to the very mechanized machinery underground areas that remind the player like, oh, wait, this is sci-fi as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that balance there was very good there's like always that undertone of like uh there there was machinery once in this world that was ruling over everything um but now we're back to the basics of caveman hunter mode you know yeah and Um, and each area kind of had its own personality too in terms of like the writing because you know the starting area i don't think it's a spoiler to really say that clan that you are initially dealing with are very, like, staunchly anti-technology, right? Like, all of that is, like, the devil's work, essentially. Don't mess with those things. It soils you, that sort of thing. But not every area you go to is like that. Even Aloy herself, very early on, you see she finds, like, an old piece of technology and adapts it, uh, or adopts it, um, and it kind of becomes a part of her, um, not physically, but very much, like, her lifestyle and the way she plays and controls. Um... And you kind of see that throughout. There are different approaches. Each biome has its own wildlife and threats. And there are different ways of having to deal with them. You will have to 
uh, master different techniques, whether that is, uh, and we'll get into gameplay in a second, but whether that's the different traps, the different weapons, you know, your different abilities, it this game really, really screams diversity to me in pretty much all aspects. I think they did a really wonderful job of giving everything um, a unique feel, and that was something I really enjoyed about the game. It kept the gameplay fresh and the world fresh. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I I guess to like hop into story a little bit, you know, without trying to spoil anything. How uh, how alluring did you guys find kind of the hook, right? Because there's there's a couple of things here where Aloy is um is someone who essentially just came to be, right? They don't really discuss her parentage. And so that is a big draw of the game in terms of Aloy's personal history. She has kind of her adoptive father who you start the game with and then kind of the people she meets along the way. So you're trying to discover her heritage as well as I suppose the world's heritage, right? Like, why did we end up here? What caused it? Um, so, how did you guys find those threads? I actually really like the story. Of this game. I think you might have mentioned. Did you say this was the weakest point of it? Not necessarily the weakest point of it, but of the story-driven, like you know, uh, big Sony games. One of I the see. Weaker ones. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, because um, it, it's essentially a mystery kind yeah. of story, right? You're discovering. Uh, Aloy, where she's from, what she's all about. Aloy is the main character, and Mm -hmm. as a character, I think she's a very gripping protagonist. One of the better ones in PlayStation's library. I think she's one of the best parts of this game. Ashley Birch does an incredible job. Amazing. She buys you into the story, even if you're not, like, totally into it at first. Like, uh, she's a big draw uh, to what uh, is going on in this game, Agreed. I think. Uh, but, um, yeah, finding out those little clues as you progress throughout the game of um, what happened to this world, how did we get to this point, how does it tie into our main cast, and then what do you have to mm-hmm. do after that? My only gripe maybe is with the ending, no spoilers, but that may be one of the least memorable parts to me. In fact, it was. I had to look it up to remind myself what happened at the end of the game. <laughs> but everything leading up to that, the journey in figuring out the mystery was uh, a lot of fun. And not all of it is handed to you through story missions. Some all. of it you got to uh, scan, I guess, little journals and uh, mm-hmm. voice clips from people of the past. And you learn about what happened to them. And I love all, all those little yeah. things, like those little snippets that you learn here and there but aren't necessarily required. So it, all that's super cool. The game has big Bioshock energy in that there are audio logs and notes and everything galore. Um, And it is something that I always appreciate in games, especially if they're kind of done with intention. Um, And while I I don't necessarily, at least to my memory, I don't think there were any as gripping as, say, some of the, like, Last of Us notes. Um, But I don't think they were incredibly far off either. Like, especially when you're in certain, like, let's say a facility or something that you're working through on a pretty linear path. Oftentimes, there is a recurring thread that you can kind of follow. And it was interesting enough to breathe some life into that environment that I feel like I would have lost out on a little bit of enjoyment if I had just kind of barreled through it. And yeah, it's it's world building. Most are forgettable. There's a couple of good ones. I think there's one with like a dad and a daughter maybe mm-hmm. that I'm mm-hmm. vaguely remembering. So those are Well, there's cool, one but... that the game features very upfront with a dad and uh, recording like a birthday message. That oh that might be what I'm talking about yeah 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 yeah. so I'm not remembering the details that uh, again they're they're for 
forgettable for the most part, but they really do add to the world. And while you're playing through the game, you'll appreciate those, even Absolutely. if you don't necessarily remember all the tiny little details. But yeah, I, I like the story. Yeah, I agree. I guess, TJ, as someone who's just beginning your journey, like, how are you feeling so far about, like, are you gripped? Are you not? Like, what what's going on? Like, well, currently, I'm just, like, running around and, like, doing quests <laughs> and stuff. But, like, it definitely had me gripped, uh, definitely, like, in the beginning, like, especially yeah. with the tutorial and, like, getting to know who Aloy is and stuff. Um, in the very, very beginning um, part of the story, she falls into a cave. And in that cave, that whole time, I was just, like, something yeah. bad is going to happen to me. Something Like, you can hear all the sounds and stuff, and I'm just, like there's going to be a monster that pops out. She's going to get like attacked. Like what's going to happen next. So I was really gripped. Um, and like finding like the little bits and data of like things going on in the past. And even she's asking like, what's going on here? Why did these people die? Like all this stuff. Like yeah. I thought that was super interesting. So I'm definitely interested to find out more about the story. I love that there's story reasons for why Aloy could do like video game tropey stuff. Uh-huh. Like, scan enemies and yeah. uh, see where they were walking. Yeah. Like, detective vision. Like, Geralt, he has superpowers, but sometimes I'm like, are, are those footprints really gro- glowing bright red, Geralt? I don't know. <laughs> but in this game, there's, like, technology story reasons why Aloy could do the things that she could do. Um, which I found to be really cool. Yeah, yeah there's absolutely. like a, There's a game called Enslaved that I enjoy for the most part, minus the fact that it's one giant uh hand-holding game but it took some of those aspects i like from that game and put it in here and i thought that was cool it also gives me um some ghost of tsushima vibes playing it which i really enjoy oh very yeah i think ghost of tsushima is like this game's 2.0 like it takes elements from this and just upgrades to it uh but yeah for sure i agree well the only thing is, Ghost of Tsushima doesn't have robot dinos. and <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big drawing point for me, at least. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess... I, I kind of don't even feel like delving too much further into the story. Other than to say that, like... I think they do a really good job of incorporating it and... Um, like, giving you good reasons as to why you're going everywhere and why you're doing what you're doing... And hopefully, I think for most people, the mystery is alluring enough, especially as you kind of get to the meat of the game, as you're racing toward the end game and more and more becomes revealed. To me, it was very gripping. There is one element, and I don't even want to say which one it was because I don't want to ruin it for anyone. But there's one like big mystery of the game that to me was like very, very obvious from the beginning. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I think yeah, I know we'll, what you're talking about. We'll talk about. about it later, but I, I think you know what it is. Yeah. Um, but the answer to it, I guess... The I reason why it, it came to be was more interesting than the answer itself. Than the answer. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I, I, I think even that, like, quote-unquote weaker storyline kind of um, weaves into a much bigger, more interesting picture. Uh, and, and there are some touching moments in here as well. You get to, there are some really, really, really beautiful uh, cutscenes uh, towards the end of the game that you get to see. And the ending is good. Um, but I think, to me, it seems like they had the idea for Horizon Forbidden West, which is the sequel that got announced not too long ago. I think they knew that from early on. And so they were probably trying to set some stuff up for that, is what it seems like. 
Uh-huh. Probably, yeah. But yeah, I guess without spoiling it, like, Palazzo, were you satisfied with, like, the story by the end of it? And why didn't you jump into the DLC? Uh... Well, the DLC answer, I could tell you, we'll get there. Gameplay was a big okay. reason why I didn't jump into it, not the story. I was satisfied. I won't say I was wowed by the mm-hmm. time I finished it. I was like, oh, cool. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I'll probably look at the sequel, but I'm not like, wow, that story blew my mind. Yeah, I, I do like some of the themes that you find within the story. But again, that's more of a journey thing that I appreciated more by the, the finale. Yeah. Just the weaving of past and future elements. Having the robot dinosaurs is a big part of the allure to this game and its story. The fact that you got these big giant creatures of the past of millions of years ago, but they're robots. You're targeting yeah. weak points in their scientific metallic structure. It's a weird combination of the two things. Um, and you eventually get used to it, but initially with the first few hours of the game you're like awed by it like in jurassic park where they actually see the dinosaurs for the first time it's that sort of feeling of like whoa it's cool yeah and i mean we'll probably touch the dinosaurs more in gameplay but like this game did a really great job of like making me fear for my life at pretty much all times (laughs) um but yeah no i totally agree with you i do think there were some like really great standout moments I just think, like, even the peaks of this game don't necessarily measure up to the peaks, like, even close to the peaks of something like God of War, right? Right. But within the game itself, uh, when I was playing it, I enjoyed them. I was like, that's really cool. And then the game ended, and, like, I would, you know, I'm not going to go get Aloy tattooed on my chest, but for the most part, I'm like, it's a fun game. And I think that's what I tell people often, right? Uh, it is a very fun game. If you need every single game to be an absolute masterpiece, then, you know, that's something that you probably just need to sort within yourself and <laughs> set those expectations. But I think this is, I guess, spoilers, but I think it's an above-average game on many remarks. It's quite good. Yeah. Oh. Um, story, especially. Um, but, yeah. So, let's move into gameplay for a bit. And let's talk about what we enjoy most here. This game really lets you build out like your style. You get to pick how you want to spec Aloy out. You will eventually, right, if you're kind not even necessarily a completionist, but if you're the kind of person who like does every every mission, every side mission, everything, you're going to be able to get everything, right? Um, but if you're barreling through it, probably not, and you might want to specialize. Um, but I know early on, especially, like, I really, really got into, like, the stealth mechanics here. This has kind of, like, the, hey, here's the specially colored tall grass that you can hide in. And then, um, a lot of the game is combat in that usually you're either progressing through a section to achieve some objective, or you're out in the open world taking down the creatures, uh, and that to me is kind of the highlight of the game because you start with like these small the watchers right that are kind of these little velociraptor sized uh, bipedal dinosaurs that will just see you and alert everything in the area that you're there. So stealth is a big thing there. But then as the game progresses, you start taking down bigger and bigger and bigger creatures to the point where you're taking down the T Rexes or you know the big flying things that are like three times your size and um i find that really engaging i think they they did a great job with the combat and different abilities armor sets there it's a deeper game than than you might expect at first glance in terms of like uh options 
Um, and I really enjoyed kind of uh, a little bit, kind of like in The Witcher, but not really like preparing to take stuff down and being like, cool, what is its weak point? Like, especially for those Thunderjaws that are terrifying for most of the game. It's like, what is the only way I can survive this? I need to set these traps. I need to hide in this grass. I need to use these special arrows. And I need to target these specific points at this time. Because otherwise this thing is going to mow me down. Um, and I really enjoyed kind of like the tactical gameplay aspects of that. Um, what, what did you guys like most about the game? Or dislike for that matter? Uh... The bow and arrow, I think, in this game was one of the best feeling bows and arrows in any video game. Oh, yes. It's really satisfying, especially, you know, the combination of using it and targeting the weak points and uh, seeing them sort of crumble when you get that weak point. It's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with you. The upgrade system is very cool. You being able to do more and more things, have more options at your disposal as the game goes on. In terms of the bigger creatures towards the end of the game, I didn't care for as much. I don't know if I got fatigued by the gameplay as a whole because maybe there wasn't enough variety for me or just because those bigger monsters were more grindy than anything. So I found myself sort of skipping over some of those battles. Sure. Uh, but towards the beginning in the middle sections, I really, yeah, liked. I liked learning the different weaknesses of the monsters. Uh, I liked coming up with different tactics to defeat some of them uh i thought their take on the radio tower system that you find in most open world games was unique enough to where i didn't hate it you're yeah. essentially climbing on these things called tall necks which are like you know tall neck dinosaur things They're giraffes basically <laughs> essentially you get to but the top usually, of one uh-huh. yeah you stick your thing in its head and then you get a scan of the area and find more open world stuff yeah. um which it's probably my biggest gripe of this game. It didn't feel unique enough like Ghost of Tsushima did. Or uh, it didn't perfect open world systems enough to where I didn't think there was a lot of tropes involved. It still uh-huh. felt like a checklist of, okay, I got to go do this thing now. Get that off my map. Yeah. You're clearing out your map not for the sake of it, not really because you want to do certain things. At least sure. for me, it got a little dull at times. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Uh, the game definitely implements the kind of like, this is a high level area. Not that it closes you off, but just sheer fact of like the creatures you are going to encounter. Uh, like it's very hard to get around them and you definitely can. And I did it a few times, um, but it'll tell you like the recommended level for an area. And usually I found that to be pretty accurate because for example, to climb the tall necks, you need to get around like you know, the surrounding fauna and threats and everything. And I remember there's one at one point in the game where you're entering this kind of, like, desert, like, uh, swampy kind of area, and it is just surrounded by these big, like, alligator dinosaurs. They might as well be, like, barasuchuses that can, like, sense you from a million miles away, and, like, I must have ground my teeth down, like, three inches trying to survive that because I was horrified uh the whole time so that to me made stuff like the tall necks and clearing everything out um fun i also didn't necessarily like plow through the story and then go back to doing stuff i treated each area like my sandbox for the moment and for the most part i would try and clear everything out before progressing so for me that helped keep the gameplay fresh because i wasn't doing too much of the same back to back to back um in terms it was usually like 
Go do the Talnik, go do these, go do these other objectives, finish these missions, and then progress. And so usually it felt fresh to be like, cool, what's the Talnik like here? Or what is this corrupted zone like here? What kind of enemy am, am I going to be fighting? I found that um, kind of progressing as the game recommends made for a pretty ideal experience for me. But I can totally understand the fatigue because for sure it is... Uh, a very kind of systemic approach to the areas. Yeah, it's a traditional open world game with a different filter over it, a dinosaur robot filter, because you're yeah. still climbing to the top of a radio mm-hmm. tower, you're still clearing out an outpost, uh, collecting all the different grass items. Yeah. Uh, you know, after a while, I, I think I saw every dinosaur there is to see after the first few areas. There's still some surprises at the end. It's not mm-hmm. all the same. But um, I did get fatigued by it, which is why I didn't necessarily clamor to jump into the DLC right away. I started it, but as soon as I did, I was like, yeah, time to move on to another game. I think I've had enough of this for now. Full disclaimer, um, I love sci-fi and I would die for dinosaurs. So, like, this game is also just, like, very particularly my jam um (laughs) in terms of like thematics so that probably definitely uh increased my enjoyment of it but who doesn't love robot dinosaurs right like i think that's a really cool novel concept they almost Um, didn't go with it the dev said uh that was a decision they didn't initially make they thought it was stupid at first but then the guy the guy who pitched it was like just try it see how it goes (laughs) and if we Uh hate it we could scrap it so they implement that implemented that into like one of their uh I don't know, betas, I guess. And uh, they're like, yeah, it works. (laughs) We'll keep it. This is really cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Um, But also, I guess in terms of like gameplay and stuff like that, um, for me, one of the things I really enjoyed were like the big monster hunts, like I said earlier. Maybe this is why I like Monster Hunter so much. I don't know. But um, like one of the cool things is like as you get like new arrows and stuff, I I also don't even necessarily want to spoil what abilities you get, but I think they animate really beautifully um you know like better than monster hunter i think having a mechanical robot gives you more a bit more of a chance to express like how you are affecting this monster right like opening panels up and like making it easier to attack certain areas breaking pieces off and seeing the underlying like framework and all of that so to me that was very satisfying um and like i was very stealth oriented i don't know how was it for you palazzo because like i said i feared for my life pretty much all the way through the game like it wasn't until like the very end of the game where i could maybe comfortably take down a thunder job but if i ever let my guard down like it could kill me without question right um maybe it's just the way i spec aloy out or something but for me it was very much like use your resources as best you can make sure you have everything crafted that you need and like try and take this thing out before it gets to you at all was very much my approach and so that fear was always there in a very positive way I mean, no, at the beginning I did because I was, you know, a weak character initially mm-hmm. before I upgraded myself. But I mainly feared when they would gather in herds and um, yeah. they they bum-rushed me, essentially. That's when I was like, oh, God, I'm going to die. But um, after those beginning stages, I didn't, I didn't have too much trouble. 
like I said, towards the end when you had to fight some of those bigger monsters, I mainly saw those as a grind rather than a challenge because they became more monster hunty in that you really had to see where the enemy's weaknesses are. Those battles would take a long, long time, I remember, yeah. uh, just chipping away at their armor until you could really do some damage to them. I'm like, all right, I get it. Can we move on, please? Uh, but I think I did the same thing as you. I think I started off with stealth at first and then got more combat heavy as the game went on. I think, and and just like for the listeners at home, I think this might just be a difference in like our preferences because I've noticed like a lot of combat games that like, for example, you might enjoy are usually like quick, fluid combat. And don't get me wrong, like I like that too. Um but I think what I like about this is, like, I, I think that's why I like the big hunts, because you have to be so strategic about it to the point where, like, just because I'm a scaredy cat, like, I don't want to draw attention to myself and just run and chip away at it. And so, like, there were certain things that you could, like, you know, traps or special arrows or stuff like that that could expedite expedite that, but they were very expensive. And so, for me, it was like, I have this many, I need to make it count and like destroy all the like things not allowing me to get to the weak point at the very beginning of the fight so I could take you down quick. And so that to me is more fun than like necessarily fighting like the medium beast but taking them down very quickly, which I think is is very fun in its own right as well. I think the game does both uh, really fun. But I I can totally see where uh, if you weren't into like being slow about combat, if you just want to get through it, those right. big monster hunts are a big obstacle. Right? That's the biggest thing. Like, I don't mind long fights as long as I feel like I am like snappily engaged. I guess things are moving, things are fluid, like you said. Uh, but if I feel moments of like, oh god, I gotta wait for this guy to walk over here, yeah, to walk over my mind. Then I gotta move in and hit the left side while he's doing this thing. That's what I'm like. Okay, can we can we pick up the pace, please? Yeah. But I don't mind long fights. There's value yeah. in the the mm. slow burn, I guess. It's just yeah. not my preference. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the dummy who will like set up a tripwire and I will wait like seven minutes if I have to for you to walk over it. <laughs> yeah, no. Jeez. Whenever I see a tripwire in a video game, that's like the last thing I'll buy. It really is because I, I'm like, move in, attack if I can. I don't want to do that long wait. Set it up here. They're going to walk real slowly into it. No, I love boom. that, man. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. No, I it's see fair. the value in it. Mm-hmm. I do. But the, the good thing is that the game has both, right? I, I think is yeah. um, the, the benefit here. But also, you know, the, I guess if you have a very strong preference, uh, sucks. But I, I don't think the game ever really forces you into a specific gameplay style too often to for the point to that be wow to the point where that becomes a detriment um for players at least i don't think um no you're right i agree yeah i want to touch just really briefly on because to me that is like the bread and butter of the game those hunts and stuff along with the story usually uh entering facilities and then in those areas it's either like a super stealth mission or like a you gotta clear this whole facility good luck and then usually there's a crazy boss fight where you like have to fight a new monster and it is horrifying and tense uh and but it's high octane there is no stealthing in those areas that is like you better figure out how to maneuver this thing effectively and you better do it quick um so i i i like that that mix but i definitely i would get the most fatigue in those where it's like here's a boss and you cannot hide from it 
figure it out. I was if if I failed a number of times, then I'd be like, "Come on, let me hide, let me hide and be smart." Um, but either way, I I even those I thought were very cool set pieces in terms of changing up the scenery. Um, but I do want to talk about a little bit about some of the special abilities you get. In particular, what I enjoyed is Aloy gets kind of like this staff that you build and upgrade as you go. And it gives you different abilities in terms of like, uh, there are these vaults that you can unlock, which then will give you more information and more abilities still. So like you use that to get in there. It gives you the ability to override monsters because since these are robots, you can make them friendly. And so, for example, for the Watchers, like it'll go out and work for you. For some of the ones that are like uh, horse-like or elk-like or whatever, you can ride them and you can have mounts, which is super useful for getting around the map. Way fun. And then if you're lucky enough to unlock it for the big monsters, like getting a big boy, like giant jaguar monster to go and kill some stuff in an area for you for a little bit, to me were some of the biggest reliefs. And like that to me was some of my favorite, like big brain gameplay. Like when there were a bunch of big monsters, it was like the Titan, the tall grass, I know he's gonna come around here eventually. Let me override him. And then when he's overridden and he's attacking those things, I'll go set up my other stuff. And then, you know, chaos ensues and I can come out and fight and whatever. So I found a lot of that really fun. How did you guys like the upgrade system and stuff like that? Yeah. Or it, it, special abilities, I guess. It was cool in this game. Uh, yeah, my favorite was mounting the monsters too and having them go fight <laughs> everyone. Um, there's also, I, I want to make it clear, there's human enemies in this game as yes. well. It's yes. not just animals and robots and dinosaurs. Um, so some of your uh, abilities could be tricked out to help you with uh, clearing out groups of human enemies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the best part is taking a giant dinosaur and rushing into a camp and, you know, <laughs> getting rid of all the weaklings. So, um, yeah. That's really cool and satisfying, but no, the ability trees and special things that you could do in this game are, they're good. They're well designed. It's fun. I don't have too much to say about it, but um, yeah. I, I don't know if TJ, you've gotten far enough to where you could comment too much about it, but d- are you liking the gameplay and the ability so far? I like the gameplay a lot, actually. I don't even think I have any of the like abilities so far, but there's just like so much that you can do. So she's gonna start Hold on. There's just so much that you can do. There's just so much that you can do crafting wise, um, where you can just like create a bunch of new like weapons. You can give there's like fire arrows, electric shocking weapons, freezing weapons, and all of that. Where it's just like there's so much to do. Plus, there's also like a skill tree that you can upgrade to give you more stuff. For, like, shooting and, like, being able to silently stalk people Mm -hmm. and helps you with your traveling and foraging and you can get new items and there's poisons and there's just so much you could do in this game. It's almost overwhelming, but I think it's cool. That reminded me, I might be confusing this with Breath of the Wild, but does this do this in this game too? The electric arrows, different types of arrows, do they interact to specific environments? Like, can I shoot an electric arrow in the water? Or in like a little pond and it'll react in the way that it should. You know, I have not tried it. Probably not. I, th- I think I'm confusing it with maybe Breath of sure the Wild. I'm confusing it with Breath of the Wild. Yeah, maybe. I'll, I know Breath of the Wild. I'll look it up later. But that would be cool if it did that. But yeah, the, the ice arrows freeze things. Explody arrows blow up. It does that stuff to the enemies. I just don't know if it does it to the environments. I can't remember. 
No, no, it does not. But in terms of environmental stuff, you get access to like new tools as you go as well. Like you get the tripcaster that helps you set up, uh, you know, different bombs or tripwires. You know, there's there's a number of stuff. Did you play around with those a lot? Uh, a little bit, (laughs) not too much. I was more of a just use the bow, uh, shoot with my arrows and whack things if uh, they were weak, but trip mines i think i use more towards like mid to end of the game mm-hmm. to help it me took out me a, a second to, to get into them but once i did i was like oh this has changed the game for me. clearing large groups of enemies those are very very helpful um yeah. but for most situations i wouldn't really go out of my way to use them fair um and then i just want to touch very briefly on the dlc for those who might be curious um i know palazzo you don't really have much time in it at all so uh, the DLC is kind of its own little story. It does tie into the main in a very brief way, but it, it touches on a group of people that get introduced in the game, but not really explored. So you get to see way, way more up close. And so, like, one of the really cool things about them is that they are known for having kind of friendly mechanicals. And so it explores that a little bit. And it also introduces a number of new gameplay options as well in the form of new armor, new weapon sets, new all of that. It's very traditional fare, but I found it just fun and just varied enough. And, like, the story was, again, just interesting enough that if you enjoyed the game, it is just more of the game in a really fun and... Uh, unique way, right? It's not groundbreaking. It's definitely no Blood and Wine or Hearts of Stone from The Witcher. Um, But as far as DLC goes, I think it's a very, very fair entry uh, and better than a lot of games. So I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, Yeah, that's it. I I just wanted to let people know. I don't know if that's included in the PSN bundle. Um, The the complete edition that I got, it's included in there. It is. It is, okay. Sweet. I would encourage you, if you like the game, check it out. Um, and if you are, even if you are getting a little fatigued, I mean, maybe give it a minute. But consider jumping back into it only because I do think some of the, the new activities are fun. Um, in terms of side stuff, I'm curious, uh, how'd you like the side quests as well? Because there were a few that had, like, stories to them that I thought were fun. Like, there were side quests that kind of built on themselves and you like saw them across different environments and there are different moments in the game where you get to see some of the people you've helped out and that always felt really good to me to be like yes i'm so glad i did all of this you're here i get to talk to you for like a second you're here i get to talk to you for a second uh did you engage with that a lot i did yeah Yeah. i i love side quests um hit or miss in this game i think most are hits most are uh, like the recurring characters that come back and you interact with multiple times. Those are all fun and cool. Most, not most of them. There, there was a few of them that were pretty much go kill enemy A, yeah. come back, and I give you your reward. Uh, those weren't as fun. But no, for the most part, they were, they were solid and engaging. It's definitely no Ghost of Tsushima, but I still think it's solid, right? <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it's fun and even dare I say above average, uh, especially yeah. when you look at a lot of the the very plain Jane kind of open worlds, you can tell that even if they weren't attempting to make a, an absolute work of art out of each side quest, they definitely put time and care into them. Uh, it wasn't just pepper it so that there's more to do. It was like, hey, what can we make that's fun here? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I would even put on the same level as this. That game had really, really good side quests that gave you cool abilities, but... There were some cookie cutter ones in that as well. Um, 
I, I, I like God of War side quests a lot. I think those were fun and engaging. Yeah, those are very Nothing fun. holds a candle to Arkham City, though. Those have the best side quests ever. Hmm. They're amazing. But yeah, <laughs> this game has good yeah. ones. <laughs> uh, any other gameplay stuff we want to talk about? I don't think so. We mentioned she has the little scanner, right? Yeah, yeah. A little so, techno uh, scanner. So that's the piece of technology that she finds very early on that uh, is basically, imagine like a very advanced like AR thing that you could put on the side of your head that can scan the world and give you information about stuff like a ever-present digital assistant type thing. Um, and so that's that's a big part of her and, and her abilities as well. Um, and how she interfaces with the world. So, yeah. Is there anything else we want to say about the game in any respect? Or any questions, I guess, from Amanda? Or, like, outstanding questions from TJ as you're getting into the game? No, I not mean, really. I mean, me. honestly, I've been sitting here, like, listening and just hoping that I would remember ever playing this game <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> and I truly just don't. And I'm sorry. I do but, Think but that, it sounds really it does sound really cool you know yeah. so i think amanda good. if you really liked ghost of tsushima i think you would enjoy this game yeah she probably. didn't play ghost of tsushima did I she i know she didn't but, <laughs> but i probably would have enjoyed it but i think you would enjoy it. i game. think you'd like it um, Especially with strong female leads yes yeah yeah hey. she's one of the best ones oh my goodness yeah, aloy she she's a really great character i like her a lot um, I have a question for the crowd. Did this game do enough for you to make you immediately want to buy the sequel day one, no questions asked? Yes. Okay. Well, TJ, are you, you're not far enough in it, but how about you? I'm not far enough in. Okay. But like, like if it continues like along like this, probably because again, it makes me feel a lot like I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima, which I also really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, for me hesitantly yes um if there's nothing else that comes ar- around the time this game comes out then i'll probably buy it but um I-, I would have to see like gameplay trailers to see if they've really changed up the formula from the first game but i would hesitantly say yeah i, I would check out the sequel I mean, it's a casual yes, right it's not like god of war that like i would buy a console for it like ragnarok I will buy a PS5 to play as much as I hate that behavior and I really wish I wasn't like this and I wasn't supporting that. But uh, I will. It's, it's just the fact of the matter. Um, Horizon Forbidden West is not a game that I would buy a console for, but it is a game that like, if there were enough of others, it would drive me to get it, as Horizon Zero Dawn did, right? even though I hadn't played it yet. Um, and if I had the PS5 already, then it would be without question, like, I would buy it. If God of War and it dropped on the same day, I would play God of War first, right? But it is not a question as far as do I want to experience a sequel? Yes, I do. Right. Um, and so I will get it on day one. Just, yeah. It, uh, may- maybe not, like, with fervor, but I'll be very excited to play it. So, yeah. Cool. In that case... In the case of Horizon Zero Dawn, how do we vote? I already told you I'm going to buy the sequel, so yes, obviously buy this game. I would pay, I mean, obviously I don't need to right now, um, but like if this game was $60 to get it, I would pay $60 for it. I think it's It's that much fun. Um, yeah, it's 
it is by no means the best game ever made, but just in terms of like fun, fun games, I found it really fun. Uh, I, I did just about everything there was to do in the open world, which is hard for me to say often when it comes to like generic, like clear these areas, but I did them anyways for the most part. Um, because the gameplay was fluid, the story was good enough, uh, and the world was interesting and beautiful, and I love robot dinosaurs. So, yeah, this is not, I would not put it at number one on your must-play list, but it it is at the very top of your should-play list. So, yeah, absolutely, you should buy it, though. Um, for me, again, I was, um, I would probably buy a sequel. Again, I'm still early on in this game, so I'm not, like, frothing out of the mouth to get, like, another one. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm having fun playing it. Like, I don't regret... Well, I got it for free, but I wouldn't regret paying money for it if I got this experience for it, which I think is cool. Um, Yeah, I'm having fun. It's nice. So I'm going to give it a should buy. Hey. Yeah, for me... um. Like John said earlier, I do think this is on the lower end of PlayStation exclusives that I think you should probably check out first. But the game still did enough to where I think this is worth a buy. Um, There's moments in here that do stand out to me. Like the first time you're hunting down a dinosaur in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, Climbing up a tall neck for the first time. Mm. Just riding through the fields and looking at all the environments around you that are very uh, unique. the uniqueness of the game and its story is enough that I think you should check it out. Um, it does fall into those pitfalls of generic open world stuff occasionally, yeah. but for the most part, it, it's it's a really solid game. And I am too excited for the sequel when that comes out. I won't be clamoring to buy it like I will be for God of War, mm. but um, it did enough to where... I, I will want to check out that sequel. So for this game, I'm going to say it is a you should buy it, though. So in the case of Horizon Zero Dawn, you should buy it, though. For the record, this is the 10th best-selling PS4 game of all time. Damn. Wow. Cool. And this is... We've had a streak of several unanimous decisions Fuck you, don't say weeks. that before the Resident Evil one. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Come on. Oh, I spelled that no. for doom now. Oh, it's over. For those of you unaware, we will be reviewing Resident <laughs> Evil 7 next week and Resident Evil 8 the following. Uh, if you are new to this show, I have a history of not enjoying my time with horror games. So if you want to see me uh, do my best to love this game... I'm likely going to be streaming it this week, as long as you're hearing it before uh, our next episode comes out. So consider checking us out on twitch.tv slash whimsicproductions. I really, uh, Palazzo, I want to tell you, I hope I like it. I really do hope I like it. Um, Because I don't not want to like horror. Don't go in with my levels of energy, though, of like, the, yeah. I've heard this is a great game, so I'm expecting it to be. I'm like, not. Just go in, take it <laughs> it also it depends is. on how you take horror. Like, you shouldn't go into a Resident Evil game expecting to be, like, scared. Oh, I would beg to differ, TJ. I've never I don't, gotten. Ooh. I don't like being scared. Aside from a few, like, jump scares, I've never gotten, like, I was never afraid of. Have Resident you played Evil seven? Game. Yes. Really? Interesting. That's a unique I, take. I would argue. It's it's also a sci-fi game. Oh, cool. I would argue that. That's all I'm gonna say. Tune in next week to see if uh, if it breaks the curse 
Uh, I guess Little Nightmares. Little Nightmares, it, but yeah. That was barely a horror game. Right, right. Oh. Um. Yeah, Amanda, you weren't here for it. Oh. I know. She was busy working to pay the bills for that dream house. Speaking of, oh, if you wow. want to free Amanda from her servitude to capitalism to keep us fed, please consider no, supporting I us like on my job. <laughs> please I'm not doing <laughs> consider supporting Stop us lying. at patreon.com slash should I buy. You get access to tons of fun stuff like our Discord, where we'll probably be hanging out and streaming some of this stuff uh, in the future. You get to talk to us. Uh, you get to play with us. I, like, really want to make time to play other games lately. I've been, like, itching to do that. So, uh, if you subscribe to some of the higher tiers, you get to play with us. Give us an excuse to play other games with all of you and have a good time. Um... And you also get access to stuff like our 24-hour impressions for new games. So we'll definitely be doing that for Resident Evil 8 whenever that comes out, or very soon. And, um, yeah. Yay, one week. <laughs> Palazzo is having the time of his life. It's so <laughs> cool to be a Resident Evil fan at this time. I'm excited. Um, also, if you've enjoyed us, please, please, please consider checking out our other podcasts, Dungeons and Drimbus. Uh, we are very, very close to the end of our second arc, uh, Hunt for the Florida Man. It has been such a blast. Uh, Nick plays a crocodile. Amanda mm-hmm. plays uh, a Miami girl. And TJ plays JT. Um, <laughs> That's like two characters. How? Hey, 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 Jersey. Spoilers. Oh, no spoilers. Hey, you spoiled Bye. it too. I'm a gator in episode one. Hey, 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 don't acknowledge I, it. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, yes. So I promise you it's a ton of fun. We play D&D and we are getting very, very close to our launch of once a, our season two is done. We are launching our third series. Uh, we haven't announced this publicly, but here's for supporting us here on Should I Buy It, though. You know what? Here, you get an early announcement. It's going to be called Your Honor. <gasps> and you know what? That's it. That's all I'm going to give you. Uh, I'll wow. give you. I'll give you more next week. But... Go listen to our Phoenix Wright episode, everyone. Yeah. All right. That's all the spoilers you get. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, oh so, yeah, consider checking us out over there. It is a ton of fun. Again, that's Dungeons and Drimbus. Uh, D-R-I-M-B-U-S. What does it mean? No one knows. Thanks for hanging out. We'll Thomas talk at you next week. Figure it out. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks to Jerry Benetatis and Ann Baird for supporting us on Patreon.